Hi, I'm Valerie Kearney, and this is the Val Talks Pets Podcast. This is a show for pet parents, soon-to-be pet parents, and animal lovers alike to explore topics, broaden our pet experience, and have a laugh or cry. So let's get started with Val Talks Pets, as knowing is caring. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Val Talks Pets, the forum for pet parents and enthusiasts alike. So I have been working in the pet industry for almost 10 years now, and I hope to deal with a lot of the issues and questions that arise as I deal with pet parents on a day-to-day basis. I am not a veterinarian, but I do have certifications in canine, feline, small animal, fish and herptile, and avian health and nutrition from the University of California Davis Extension, the vet college. So I thought we could talk about the rapidly growing industry in raw food for dogs and cats. It's funny how the movement to this began first off with the freeze-dried raw products and then before you knew it, the frozen raw had become the go-to food for people that have moved to this alternative feeding. It's interesting that for years and still today, people are very against byproduct in kibble. Byproducts by AFCO standards is anything outside of the main meat portion. So for example, the chicken breast as opposed to the thigh or leg. Now AFCO, if you're wondering, is the Association of American Feed Control Officials and they set the standards for pet food in the United States. But you'll see AFCO written on your Canadian brands on their bags as well because the Canadian brands will follow the AFCO standards because there's a lack of regulatory bodies in Canada. So most of the Canadian companies that do pet food will follow AFCO standards, and you'll see that actually right on the bag. If customers read that there was liver or heart or some other organ in the kibble, they often, you know, throw up their hands, they're appalled because they don't want garbage in their pet's food. Meanwhile, that is a big part of the raw diet. Most formulas in raw have ground bone and organ meats, and it's all ground up and it's in the mix. So it's very interesting, the sort of dichotomy between the two and how things have sort of changed with regards to that. So basically, what's the difference between, say, a freeze-dried raw and frozen raw? Now, it sounds like they're obviously telling you exactly what they are, but we'll see if we can just be a little bit more specific. So freeze-dried raw is similar, obviously, to frozen raw. It can be a dinner, like a patty or a nugget, And they have the particular protein, whatever that is, beef, chicken, duck, what have you. There's ground bone, liver, vegetables, sometimes fruit and herbs, and even seeds sometimes because some formulas will have pumpkin seed in it. The option with the freeze-dried products is you can simply take the product out, whatever it is, the, the puck or the nugget, and you can crumble the product onto the existing food. Or you can actually rehydrate the product with a warm water and then you feed it as is. The frozen raw product, so that's the raw, it's frozen, you get it out of the freezer at the store. This means that a dinner would be the same as say in the freeze-dried dinner in that it could be in the form of a patty or it could be in say a container, whatever way that company does their presentation for their raw. And it would have the same idea. It would have protein, bones, 
organ meat, vegetables, all ground up and then frozen and put into the form of either the patty or the container. There's also what's called or sometimes referred to as pure formulas, and they would be solely the protein with organ or bone. So no fruits, no vegetables, no herbs. This is usually the formula that's recommended for cats because that are being fed on raw food because they are obviously carnivores. So they eat the pure formulas. And then you take that product, you thaw it, and you feed it to the pet. So the freeze-dried can sometimes be a good starting point into raw because it is less messy. And it also has a little less of what I call the factor because you don't see any blood as the product thaws and you do in the frozen raw in a lot of the products. It can be uh, pricey to feed freeze-dried pucks that are rehydrated, especially for a large dog, because to feed that dog on the freeze-dried pucks alone, you could easily be looking at 15 pucks per meal and that can be very expensive. But As a supplement or as a meal topper, it can be very useful. So that means if your dog's not eating very well and you just need something to enhance their kibble, you can take a freeze-dried puck or you could take one of the nuggets and you can just crumple it and put it on the top. And then that gives them that extra little taste and they'll eat their, their whole dinner or their breakfast. So let's go to the frozen raw and look at the benefits. Well, that is where things become a bit subjective. There is a documentary that you can access. It's called Pet Fooled that is quite good to watch, but it is actually quite slanted towards feeding exclusively raw, but it at least does address the cost and it recommends high-end kibble at the very least if the cost of feeding raw is prohibitive. So the pet parents that I encounter that feed raw are quite dedicated to the process and they believe that it has made a world of difference in their pet. And I think that moving to the raw often comes about because the pet has had chronic issues with skin or weight, etc. And then after having tried just about every product on the market as a last resort, they try raw and lo and behold, it seems to be the answer. And you know, if it works then stick with it. I do think that if you have a dog and you are feeding mostly pure formulas, it is recommended to supplement that kind of feeding with some kind of fortification powder or you give them vegetables, raw or cooked from your home kitchen. Because remember, dogs are not carnivores. They are omnivores. So they do eat plant-based food as well as animal protein. Cats are true carnivores and they cannot exist on a diet that does not contain meat. We actually had a customer demand a vegetarian alternative for her cat because she was a vegetarian. We tried to explain that that was not possible and a cat would die if it didn't eat meat. If you want to switch to raw, there are a few rules to follow. It is recommended that you do a gradual switch from kibble to raw. So you don't just take raw meat and throw it at your dog out of the blue. It's a very different digestion process, so you have to do this correctly. Best thing is, most raw pet food companies have a guide on their websites to help you with the switch. Also, it is not recommended to mix the raw in with the kibble. I actually get that question 
fairly often where people say, well, can I take maybe one of the one pound, like a patty, and then just mix it into their kibble. And a lot of the companies do very specifically have this on their website saying that is not recommended. You're really making the digestive system work against itself when you have the two put together. So it is suggested that if you want to do a combo diet, which some people do, so they'll do a mix of they will do kibble and they will do raw. What they recommend though, is that you do one meal kibble and then one meal raw. And that seems to be the best way to deal with it if you're going to do both. And the other thing to remember is if you are handling raw product, you've got to do the same thing for yourself at home, hand washing, sanitation of the work surface. All of this is mandatory because you are dealing with raw meat. And I've actually read some comments about raw being bad for that reason. It's been suggested that because if a dog has eaten raw and then licks a child's face, there could be risk for salmonella, for example. Now, from all of the customers that we have that are feeding raw, I've actually had not one of them um, say this to me, um, nor is it something they seem to be concerned about at all. But I have read it, so it's a good idea to throw it out there. But I haven't found any of the raw customers find that to be an issue. And they do the same thing. They just say, no, no, we're really careful. We make sure we wash everything. We wash our hands and we tell the kids to be careful too. And so they don't seem to think of it as an issue. So again, it would be a personal decision that you'd have to make if that's something that could be at issue for you. My dog eats rabbit poop outside, so I'm sure that's not very good either. Now, one thing I really want to address is feeding raw with uh, puppies. This is interesting. I did actually speak to two well-known breeders that are registered with the Canadian Kennel Club about feeding raw to puppies. So one breeder, she said that she does feed raw to her adults. Oh, Just perfect timing for our podcast here on uh, Valtox Pets because there's one of our cats, my elderly senior cat. She is weighing in on the topic, but that's fine. We'll let her continue on. So talking about puppies with um, feeding raw is that she says that she feeds her adults raw, but she doesn't the puppies. And uh, one of her reasons was that she said she wasn't actually convinced that this was a good way to feed a puppy. And secondly, she didn't want her puppies to be on a raw diet because she says, if I have them adopted and then I find that the new owners have no intentions of staying on raw and then say they abruptly change the puppy's diet from raw into kibble, that would be a real concern. So she thought, I'm not going to set it up so that that's something that they feel that they are committed to. But she says, like, if that new owner wanted to switch the puppy to raw, then that's fine. She's fine with that. Um, And that would be on the new owner's budget and their commitment. And that's fine. But she didn't want to set it up so that any of the new owners would think that that is something they had to continue. The other breeder that I spoke to pretty much said the same thing. So both breeders did feed their adults uh, on raw, but not the puppies. So personally, and this is personally, I am a bit skeptical about puppies on raw because one of the things that's really missing for puppies in raw food is the DHA and the EPA that they need for eye and brain development. It's not there in raw. And also what's not there is also some of the other vitamins and minerals that we know are tested and formulated in puppy food. So for this reason, when I hear someone is feeding raw to a puppy, 
I always make sure that they are adding some kind of fish oil to get the DHA that a puppy needs because that's where they get it. It's from the fish oil. So, and I have actually had several customers say, oh, I'm going to put my puppy on the raw. I said, okay, have you thought about which fish oil you're going to do? Is it salmon oil, herring oil, krill oil? Which one? Oh, why do I need to do that? Well, because this is where the DHA is coming from and it's not in the raw and your puppy needs that. All puppy food has DHA in it and without adding it yourself, I have, I have concerns about that. The other thing that I have to admit, I have actually seen about three puppies in the last year or so uh, who are fed on raw exclusively. And I have to admit, they looked very uh, skinny, very skinny. I, I didn't think they looked healthy. So, and that, that may just be because of a lack of knowledge on the new owner's part to know how to round out the puppy's diet when it's on raw. The takeaway from this is if you want to feed raw to a puppy, you really need to do your research. So one of the questions I do get asked is if I feed my own dog raw. And the answer is no. I actually tried it with one of our cats, and I'm afraid the ooh factor got to me. My dog also has a condition that requires his immune system to be at optimum at all times. So just thinking about that having his system having to fight, say, the extra bacteria that's in raw, I thought that just may not be the right thing to do for a dog that uh, doesn't need to have his immune system extra taxed. I may be wrong but I just don't want to take that chance. And he's doing just great with his diet as it is. And as they say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So let's look at the bottom line on raw versus kibble. And uh, it can come down to a few things. First, is your pet experiencing intolerance symptoms that have just gone beyond everything you've tried? If so, Perhaps raw is the answer. For many, it has been. Also, many raw vendors have a calculator on their websites to help you figure out how much uh, you would be feeding your pet and how much it would cost. I would suggest that you take a few moments to do this so you are sure that raw feeding is in your budget. Also, do some research yourself and read some different articles online so you can make the decision to feed raw or not, with informed comfort. I'm hearing that many of the vets are not on board with the raw feeding, and that could be for many reasons. Either way, it's your decision, and if you feed raw or kibble in an informed way, that is, as I say, knowing is caring. Okay, so that brings us to my pet peeve section of the podcast. So this part is reserved solely for opinion and maybe a bit of a vent. The topic on this episode was raw food for pets. So what could possibly be something to have a pet peeve about, you ask? Well, here's the thing. When pet parents are shopping in pet specialty, they are putting extra money and what could be considered extra attention to their pet's health. Most people are doing what they think is best within their monetary budget. There are great options for pet parents within different price points. 
If a pet parent has decided to feed raw because they feel it is the quote unquote best feeding for their pet, then so be it. What gets me is for some reason, some of these owners get quite sanctimonious about it. If someone is feeding good quality kibble and the pet is doing just fine, then raw, raw, raw people need to be less judgmental. If raw is the thing for our pet, great. If kibble works for your pet, great. The best thing to do is some research. Look at your pet's needs. Look at the budget and decide accordingly because knowing is caring. Thank you for listening to Val Talks Pets. Remember to subscribe to make sure you don't miss any new topics and also email me at val at valtalkspets.com with topics you think would be of interest to other listeners or any questions you may have. Also, visit my website at valtalkspets.com.